Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway live from 6th and Peabody on a beautiful Friday afternoon at 6th and Peabody in the beer garden with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We are ready for a big college football and NFL weekend, and we'll get you ready over the next three hours. Armando Salguero joins us in an hour and 15 minutes. We'll go through all of the Week 9 NFL headlines. Plus, we have Austin Price, VolQuest.com. On his way to Athens, Georgia, he will preview Tennessee and Georgia with us in hour number three. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Here we are. What a beautiful day here in Nashville at Six and Peabody. We got kids behind us to start. We hey, got a boys, young Yankee, hey, Yankee guy. Come here, make sure we sure get that Yankee logo. Not you, you. No, the Yankee. Let's make sure we get that Yankee logo up there. Oh, boy, there's my boy. My boy. Look at these kids. Did they all just wear the cowboy hat because they think that's what everyone in Nashville wears? Probably. They're probably from up north, and they've got a very slanted viewpoint of people in the south that we're all wearing cowboy hats in Nashville. Either way, I'll forgive it because this is the future of America behind us right now, uh, getting ready for this show. So I we, they, uh, we appreciate I'm these guess kids. they're a soccer team. Boys, I went to my least favorite ATM this morning. That has been my primary complaint before at Regions Bank near near my gym. That ATM that's not owned by Regions Bank, yeah, despite the fact that it's in the parking lot. And uh, this time I was withdrawing cash. I thought, how hard is this? I'm just going to get some cash. And so uh, twice I asked it for cash. Twice it denied me cash. First it wanted to tell me it was going to charge me four bucks, which is more than I pay at a convenience store to get money out. So then I drove around. This is my habit every time I struggle with this ATM. And I go inside to, to the ATM in the lobby getting out of my car. The woman in front of me is having trouble. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be a total disaster. She comes away and says, oh, I'm using the wrong card. And I look down at my hand, and lo and behold, I'm using the wrong card. I reach in my wallet, and I pull out the one green card. Regions is green. I pull out a green. I'm trying to withdraw money from my health savings account. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, big fail. So it turns out when I put the actual card in there, it gave me money. I went and gave Teresa 100 bucks. said, hey, spend it carefully. Got my money for a Kansas City trip, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to report I'm actually funded by the bank where I keep most of my money. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. You use the right card, how that happens. Yeah. We're going to have to settle these kids down at some yeah. point. I'll, I'll take care of that. I'll, I'll turn disciplinarian during the break. So, massive weekend coming up for the college football playoff implications. LSU's 10th. You've got Alabama, who is rewarded to some degree at 6 but a chance to really boost their resume based on how the committee views LSU tomorrow. Meanwhile, Tennessee and Georgia, tomorrow is basically a playoff game for the Georgia Bulldogs. It means more for Georgia. No doubt. I would hope that doesn't mean anything to the way the game plays out. It, no Can't way. Can't imagine Tennessee's thinking anything about that. It means an absolute ton to Tennessee, who wants to not get in the playoff with one loss, wants to get into the playoff 
retaining the number one position it has now by winning out. Do these kids have parents, by the way? <laughs> no. Yeah, they're drunk. I them. mean, yeah, yeah this kid's faking taking a shot right now behind Chad, us. when this your kids incredible. get to this age, you're going to relish the times where you can bring them to a fenced-in area like this, <laughs> tell them not to leave it, and, <laughs> and then go around your own business. Just let them go. Yeah, yeah and let people like us uh, feel I've already rat. reached that level, by the way, with my with, seven-year-old, with one, so I, I yeah. get it. Totally get it. Um, it. It means the same for both teams. I mean, Tennessee, Georgia. Well, it kind of doesn't because Tennessee loses and it falls less far back. But, but here's, Georgia loses. here's what I mean by this. It, it's Tennessee is, this is going to sound corny, but it is so true. They are a team of destiny. Go, like read, go read Chris Lowe's piece at ESPN about the island of misfit toys this Tennessee team is. Hinden Hooker was not wanted at Virginia Tech. Hendon Hooker was basically made fun of by Justin Fuente saying he left a game against Clemson because he was cold when in fact he was having a bad reaction to heart medication during a game and had to point out the fact that he played in 30 degree weather in the rain against Pitt the year before and had a big game. He wasn't cold and he isn't soft. Cedric Tillman was a two-star receiver out of Vegas whose best offer may have been UNLV until Tennessee came calling late in the process. Jalen Hyatt was told by Will Muschamp, who was 20 miles down the road at South Carolina, that he wasn't wanted and he needed to go eat more peanut butter because he was too thin. This is a team that has a chip on their shoulder. Plus, how many guys left after Pruitt? 30 plus. 35? Hey, the old adage of those who stay will be champions. That's what Josh Heupel told these guys, and it sounded foolish at the time, but that's what's happening right now. Byron Young, a 24-year-old leader on this team, just like Hendon Hooker, a guy who was working at a Dollar General, that his teammates will say, hey, Dollar General. They'll shout that to him to remind him of where he came from before going to a fake junior college where they played two games and the school folded because it was a sham and then eventually got back into junior college and ended up at Tennessee, and he's now their defensive leader. It is an unbelievable story of guys who weren't wanted. Now, they're going against a group outside of Stetson Bennett that everyone wanted. It is a collection of five and four-star talent that Tennessee simply lacks. So I think the storyline of that, a bunch of guys that no one wanted, that everyone rallied together and have become this amazing team and story versus a team outside of Stetson Bennett that everyone wanted, that's been told how great they were their whole lives, going head-to-head. And here's the other underrated thing about this game. It's not just number one Tennessee offense versus second-ranked Georgia defense nationally scoring. It is Tennessee's defense, which looked great a week ago against Kentucky, against Georgia's second-ranked offense nationally. It's not like Georgia's some team that's plotting and not going to put a lot of points up, right? They average more points per game against Power 5 than Tennessee does. Right. Take, Take that. What, what you the story you just told, Chad, for, for somebody that doesn't have a rooting interest in this like me and add on top of it how fun Tennessee is to watch and you, you've got somebody like me that is more prone to not like Tennessee all in on Tennessee. I, I'm a Josh Heupel fan. I, I find the kids on this team incredibly likable. The fan base for the time being is not... Uh, being overly annoying they seem to be embracing it and being 
relatively modest and humble about uh, really embracing where they are and realizing where they came from instead of rushing to the side where like, hey, we're back and in your face and all of that well, stuff. Well, they are back. I know, but they're not. They're only going to get better. But they're, I know, but they're not acting like Alabama people yet. And, well, uh, and can, it's a very likable right. scenario. You can hate Tennessee for their fans. And, I, I mean, I can have countless examples of reasons why people would hate Tennessee fans now, and they do, because it's a lot of, hey, you've been there before, act like it, and this and that. And Tennessee fans are saying, no, screw you. You told us how dumb we were for not wanting Greg Schiano. You told us how dumb we were for expecting better. And then you also told us that we'll never be relevant again. Everyone in the national media said that. Everyone that covers other teams said that. So Tennessee fans are flexing a little bit right now, and that's fine. It's their right to do that. I'm fine with a fan base not liking Tennessee for their fans. But, Paul, it's impossible. You've watched it. To not like this team. It's a fun, To not fun like watch. Josh Heupel, to not like their approach, to not like how they go about their business, how many points they score, how much fun they have while doing it. It's an impossible Terrific team story. not to rally around. We're going to get to predictions later. Um, this is a different animal, even than Alabama. And that Alabama game was terrific, right? I mean, all-time great. But this is a different beast with Georgia's defense I demand game. another game like the Alabama game, as compelling as the Alabama game. Demand I think there's a good chance that happens in this game. There's a good chance. While you're coaching basketball and I'm flying. Hutton, have fun. I'll be here. Yeah. I'll be here in the rain. It's going to rain in Middle Tennessee tomorrow. And uh, we're going to be inside watching Tennessee and Georgia with uh, the Tennessee baseball team, who's going to be on site with us tomorrow here at 6th and Peabody. We are live in the beer garden with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Plenty of, plenty of uh, football discussion coming up. Last night, the Astros, they win. They take a 3-2 series lead as we head back to Houston. This was anticlimactic in, in, until the eighth inning. And I thought Philly was going to take the lead in the eighth inning. And then they were set up. Yeah. And, and, and then the Astros just they get out of the inning. You know, first, they, first and third with one out. First and third, I think, with one out. Um, a ball to the, to the wall that yep. the center fielder races and makes a great catch at the top of, and then, you know, another foot. It was like the Aaron Judge ball in Houston. Another foot that's over the wall that changes the complexion of a game. This one would have changed the complexion of a series. And then Trey Mancini, who's 0 for 6, I believe, makes a great play at first in the The ball inning. played him almost. It yes. was so hard hit, but he's there and doesn't let it eat him up. Um, you know, Houston deserved that game, but, I mean, that's a pivotal game now. Uh, you know, Philly's got to go to Houston and win two. They're capable of, of doing it, but they've set it up to be as hard as possible for them. And what a night for Verlander. There's a guy sitting at the head of that table back there, the guy in the orange. That's a Verlander jersey. I, I went right up to him and I said, how long have you had that thing on the shelf waiting, <laughs> waiting for today to be able to bring it out and put it on? Because uh, Verlander, historically bad for an ace in World Series scenarios. Well, he gives and up he got a home run in the night. first also. Yeah. So you think, oh, here we go again. <laughs> with Justin Verlander, and, and he gets it done, shuts him down from that point on. But let's not bury the lead here. This series is about Mattress Mac, our guy. Oh, yeah. Mattress Mac gets disrespected by <laughs> Philly fans, and he goes on a tirade, storyedoutkick.com, where he says, bleep you, bleep all of you, to them as they're talking trash to him on the way out of the stadium. And let me, for the record, state that the Astros' record from that moment on is 2-0 in Philly against the Astros. 
So they're, they're, they're going to be back. They're also 1-0 in games that Mattress Mag gave me a ticket for. Well, they're about to be how many you know in World Series that Mattress Well, they so two of the series they lost, they were up 3-2, I think, and lost the last two games in the series. So they got to win one of the next I, two. And, and they're they've World lost champions. at home in those series. They, they lost one series yes. where they lost all four at home and won the three on the road. I so don't. it's happened to them. I hope I hope we see a classic game seven Let's where the Phillies end up winning. But this feels like Houston is just dominant with everything they've done behind the scenes to not even rebound, just reload from everything that happened in what 2017 with the cheating. Yeah, this that, is it's remarkable. That and said, these games have been very individual yeah. units without much carryover. You know the old saying: "You're only as good as tomorrow's." Starting pitcher, and which uh, should have been Verlander. Yeah, yeah. And, That's my and, point. And Houston's got great starting pitching, better than the Phillies. But Phillies will scrap, you know. And who knows? They go out, hit four or five homers sure. tonight. No, no pause between these games, which is just dumb. Um, you know, it should be a reset night. Well, especially when you. Yeah, that's odd for the travel. And it was scheduled that way from the beginning. Well, they're trying to get the weekend in, and then it's right. Play a, a baseball series like a baseball series well, supposed to be played. But, but but I can't complain because Fox is putting out that they're getting 12 million plus viewers for a game. I mean, when's the last time we've seen that in the yeah, World it's Series? Been, it's been there, there's a limit. There's a there's a whole cycle to this that they're playing into for Major League Baseball. And if it takes playing immediately to get the to boost the rating, so be it. Because I've ridiculed yeah, them for years working, on this. If it's working on the ratings front, I'm with you. But I don't think it makes for the best. We would we baseball. Would, if this were on, if, if Thursday night football were last night on, like, NFL Network and we compared the two, right? Like, last, night, last night's game actually wouldn't have been played because Thursday night football would have been on Fox. And it wasn't scheduled to be played last night. It only got pushed right. to arena right. because of arena. I, by the way, I didn't watch a snap of the football game for the reason we talked about, and I wrote this in my columns up today. I, uh, I, I did a complaints column. I'm worried about the U.S. World Cup soccer team's health. Uh, and, and I hit on this, which we talked about yesterday, the, the ability not to flip conveniently to a different source and to get stuck there and, and what you have to go through. And mine's not as much as Chad's because I don't have to punch in a kid preventative code. But We need the fingerprint. It, yeah. It, yeah, we need technology that makes HIV it more ads. Give me every time. <laughs> and so I didn't see a snap of the Eagles last night, who I know didn't play as well as Congratulations, we Congratulations, Chad. Chad they certainly money didn't last double night. the spread, huh? Uh, there was a there was a point where I thought they were about to break it open, and then they just they did not have the same juice. And luckily for them, they were playing the Houston Texans. Right. You guys were so strong, you almost talked me out of the bet. No, good for you. You were both so adamant that they were going to double the spread and blow them out. And I'm thinking it's the NFL. Philly may come in a little sleepy. That was a very sleepy game <laughs> with both teams. I just felt like both teams were sort of hey, going World to the Series motion. Fever. Well, not, not to start. I, I had the game up on the laptop, and I was watching the World Series. Uh, they, they traded touchdowns to begin, and there, there was a drive at the end where they had a chance to go in and punch in a touchdown, settled for a field goal, which missed. So Houston actually went to the locker room tied at 14. Let me reiterate, Philly was sleepy in the beginning, especially defensively, to let Houston go down and basically double their yard total yeah. on the first drive that they had against the Titans. We used to do a very popular segment called I Confess, which petered out because people were making up confessions, calling in about sleeping with their sister's 
four sisters. Yeah, and they weren't from Alabama, so we knew that it was fake. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I confess that, that I never was, got that around. The true test. I yeah. never got around to making my bet last night because I was working on my positive money props, and I've got you know twelve bets lined up in there <laughs> as I'm whittling them down. And if I want to go make a bet on the baseball game, I lose all of my other. I, I, I did that once. I'm not making that mistake again. So until I get my plus money props lined up, I don't touch anything in there. So you'll get those later. But in exchange for that, I saved myself five bucks on the on the bet that I said I was going to make on the game last I night. I was one for three on my upset picks last week. I feel like I'm going three for three this week. Every I'm, week. I'm We're going, you're going three for three, I'm going four for and four. And I don't normally pick three. Like I, I only pick the games I'm confident in. Right, you like force we're, we're going in, same with Paul, on the uh, Paul's props, the plus money props. But when we come back, we get you ready for the college football weekend. Withrow brings his top ten games for college football as Outkick 360 continues from 6th and Peabody. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The crew is all here as we broadcast live in Nashville. And time to get you ready for the college football weekend. Here are Chad Withrow's top 10 games of the college football weekend. Need more reasons to watch college football? It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. It's a great week of games, boys. It doesn't get much better than this around college football this week. Let's start with game number 10. If I told you Florida State-Miami back in 1995 would be the 10th best game of any weekend, you would call me crazy and you would be right. But That's where we are right now. Miami has been disappointing in year one for Mario Cristobal. They are at 4-4 four four hosting Florida State. Florida State's been very up and down, 5-3 and three on the season. They got what, what is now a terrific win on a neutral site in New Orleans to open the year against LSU, who's 10th in the first college football rating ranking. But it's Miami at home, Florida State a 7.5-point road favorite. Tyler Van Dyke, good quarterback for Miami. Uh, he is back from uh, shoulder surgery this week. All indications are that he's going to go. Turnovers are big in every game. Turnovers will be huge in this one. Miami has turned it over 14 times in their four losses and only twice in their four wins. That's been the story of the season so far for the Hurricanes. I would take Florida State because I trust them more with how they're going to show up and play compared to Miami. And I think we learned a lot over the stretch where they played A&M and others right after. They have been very up and down. And you're right, the turnovers, if they happen, it's all Seminoles. Good weather tomorrow, by the way, at Hard Rock Stadium. Great weather. Game number nine, Oklahoma State at Kansas. This game would have looked a lot different a few weeks ago. Jaden Daniels, great quarterback for Kansas, went down against TCU. They started 5-0. They're now 5-3. Uh, their backup 
Bean. Jason Bean has been good for Kansas. He's not been a big issue. But again, the loss of Jaden Daniels, huge. Oklahoma State trying to come back from a 48-0 beatdown in the Little Apple of Manhattan, Kansas last week. Um, here's the thing, though, about Oklahoma State, uh, or I'm sorry, about Kansas. The Sooners and the Bears, both Oklahoma and Baylor, combined for 571 yards and nine touchdowns against them. So Oklahoma State, not a great ground attack, but should get it going a little bit this week. I like Oklahoma State in this game, even though they're a one-point road underdog in this one. Kansas is bowl eligible with a win. That's not something they were thinking about, like you said, a couple weeks ago. I'm a little bit afraid that Oklahoma State starting to fizzle when they showed so little last week in that game. I mean, little is, is uh, polite. So you know, it was yeah. crazy nothing. because their defense has been very good. And was <laughs> I'm taking Oklahoma State on 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 my account because Faith. I'm getting points against Kansas. That's the only You're reason. Getting point. Yeah, I'm getting a Kansas. point. Yeah, a point. Uh, yeah. yeah, a point. Where it I'm would, going, Oklahoma State. It would not be the other way. If, I won't be surprised though if Oklahoma State played some defense last week. Game number eight. Let's go to the SEC. Kentucky at Missouri. Uh, depending on where you go, this is an even line according to some books. Kentucky a slight favorite, one one and a half points in other books. Either way. Should be a terrific game in Columbia, Missouri. The team from Columbia, Missouri went to the other Columbia in the SEC last week and really dominated. 23 to 10. Huge win for the Tigers of Missouri last week against South Carolina. Um, Florida and Kansas State are really the only two teams to run the ball well against this Missouri defense. Missouri's defensive transformation has been incredible. Their offense is still pretty pedestrian this year. Not great. Should be a pretty low-scoring game. Turnovers, once again, will be key. Kentucky has given it up multiple times in five of their last six games during this rough stretch for Kentucky. Missouri has forced two turnovers in three of the last four games. Can they get it done done at home? Gentlemen, I do not think so. I think Kentucky wins this game. It's Kentucky plus one, and I'm about to go tease that puppy up. Where, I mean, I've got Kentucky minus one and a half. Again, to Chad's point, it's all over the board. To me, that tells you that they're placing this line thinking that the public's going with Missouri based on the result of last week and what Kentucky's done in recent Too weeks. Too much recency bias. They're not well, – well, Kentucky's average. Missouri is not. Bad. They're below average. Yeah. yeah. And I would, take, I would take Mark Stoops over Eli Drinkwitz just if we were doing the line here. Defensively, give me Kentucky. And here's hoping – that we see Levis actually make some plays in this game. He should. It's Missouri. Come on. You get Kentucky minus four and a half for plus 160. I think it's very Am interesting. Am I foolish for thinking no, down no, no. I, I think I think Kentucky. I think Kentucky wins by double digits in this game. And I think Missouri's defense is very good. So is Kentucky's. Sure, though. absolutely. So I, I'm even with all the trash I've talked about Will Levis this week, I'm taking Will Levis and Kentucky's so, offense with Chris Rodriguez over what Missouri's doing offensively. Missouri right has now. some NFL talent. Kentucky, according to the Draftniks, has a top 10 quarterback playing tomorrow. Last I checked. Top two. So, but just top 10 pick, I'm saying. Yeah. So, go beat a good defense against Missouri. That's, it's time to do that. Or, can you imagine the response after losing to South Carolina and Missouri in the same season? 
well, and second in the East. A lot of people deserve a lot of grief about overestimating them in the preseason. That's for damn sure. My money's with Kentucky. It'll be a it'll be a stern reset for Mark Stoops this offseason if they lose to Missouri and this continues this year because they're probably going to get blown out by Georgia in a couple weeks also at home. So Kentucky. Not to say that it, it evaporates everything good he's done, but there's going to be some different thoughts about Mark Stoops and Kentucky here's, if, they, if they can't here's take Here's the other business. line of thinking, just briefly. Vanderbilt had a great chance of beating Missouri. Lost by three. Kentucky should route Vandy. Should. Yeah. So that that's where I'm I'm focused on right now. I'm taking the Wildcats. I agree. Uh, Florida at AM. Eight and seven are games of the week. Some really underrated SEC contests with some small point spreads. The Aggies a four and a half point favorite at home. This game is at eleven AM Central on ESPN. Texas AM had not hit the four hundred yard mark against any FBS team until a week ago. Why did that happen? Oh, they did the thing that we've been telling them they should do all year. They started Connor Wigman. He comes in, plays in this game. There's two series against touchdowns. They nearly hit 500. He threw for 338 yards and four touchdowns with no interceptions in this game. Look, both Florida and A&M are struggling right now. Texas A&M, though, has more problems than Florida currently, but the Aggies a a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Wigman to Evan Stewart, also a freshman. I want freshman to freshman all day long. Five stars, both five stars. Florida's defense has trouble getting off the field. So does A&M's against the run. And Florida, when they run it well, 200-plus, they're 4-0. The problem is they are 3-4 since they beat Utah. My quick math here. Yeah. This sends the, – the loser is sent to the depths of what has already been a the, disappointing the season for both. loser's bracket. So – and you guys already know I'm taking Florida on the road here in College Station. Uh, 11 a.m. Central kickoff. It really feels like a couple of elimination games in terms of Relevance. expectations for Missouri and Kentucky because yep. Missouri had some high hopes coming into the season too. Not to the level of the Wildcats, but some high hopes. Same goes for Florida and A&M, especially for A&M. Their season's already a disappointment. They can salvage some of that with a win over the Gators. Game number six, let's go back to the Big 12. Texas Tech at number seven, TCU. Sneaky good game. TCU only an eight-and-a-half-point home favorite in this game. This is the big noon kickoff on Fox. TCU, if you remember earlier in the season, they got pushed around a bit by SMU. They allowed 372 yards in a 42-34 win for TCU. So now Texas Tech, can they run the ball? Can they sling it around enough in the passing game to get it going? Crazy quarterback situation for the Red Raiders. They've got three options right now at quarterback, and there's some health problems early on with some of their starters. Baron Morton seems like it's his start in this game, but he's been bad also. Couldn't get anything going a week ago. He threw three interceptions. Donovan Smith came in, threw two passes. One of those was an interception. And Tyler Shaw also came in. He threw three passes. I'm sorry, two passes, one to each team. So they were 50-50 throwing an interception or a completion in this game after Baron Morton struggled. They've got three options. None of them appear to be that great right now for Tech. When TCU has three plays of 20 yards or more, it averages 38 points. Tech gives up big plays. 
So I expect TCU to get those three plays, to put up a big number. Can Tech keep up with them? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And let me give an example of what Vegas thinks about this game. The spread between Tennessee and Georgia right now is Georgia favored by eight and a half, the live number. The spread right now between TCU and Texas Tech, unranked Texas Tech, eight and a half. TCU is at home. The over-under for Tennessee and Georgia is 64 and a half. The over-under for TCU and Texas Tech is 69 and a half. This is upset alert. Get ready for a fourth quarter game. I take the points in this because something's up here where Texas Tech's going to come in and they're going to keep it close in a shootout. Tech There's is, no defense here. Tech is 3-8 and eight in one score games, so maybe it'd be good if they won by 10. Well, yeah. Well, every one loss and undefeated team will be rooting hard for Texas Tech yes. on Saturday in this game because TCU remains, even though they're 7 in the initial playoff ranking, they remain that outlier that you want to get beat if you're Tennessee or you're Alabama or you're, you know, name the team, Clemson, Michigan. You want TCU to have a loss because yes. if you have one loss at the end of the year in another conference, you're going to match yeah. up well against I'd them. prefer Clemson lose to, to uh, TCU. Even though, by the way, the, the Big 12 has been very underrated for their balance this year. Their top six or seven teams, very good. They have a three-loss team balance. in the top 25. The only three-loss yeah. team is Texas. Game number five. Two teams I really don't know what to feel about, honestly, right now. Wake Forest is 21st in the country. They got blown out by Louisville last week. Committed eight turnovers in the second half alone. They're at NC State. I know what I feel about NC State. I felt about it before the season. Yeah, you were on. They're very, eh. Uh, That's the way I feel about that program under Dave Doran every year. That's what they are. They're not terrible. They're not great. They're kind of in the middle. They've got a solid defense. Um... But here's the thing with, with Wake Forest. Even with Sam Hartman's three picks against Louisville, he's still second in the conference in passer efficiency. Wake Forest has one of the better receiver groups in the conference. Passing game is going to be a focal point, but that's NC State's strength. Their pass defense is one of the best in the country, easily the best in the ACC. So strength on strength in that one. And plus NC State, they brought in MJ Morris, freshman quarterback last week. He led a pretty miraculous comeback against a bad Virginia Tech team to win that game, to steal that game for the Wolfpack. So what happens in this one? Number 21, Wake Forest in Raleigh against NC State. Last two iterations of this game, 45-42, both of them. Don't ask me who won them. (laughs) Well, don't ask me how they scored that many points, too. Well, I, I know how Wake Forest did, but NC State. Also consider the committee gave Clemson props because they have three top 25 wins based on their poll. Two of them are right here. Yep. So which team winning helps Clemson the most? That's a good question. I would think. Because it's not if you lose, it's how you lose, right? But one of these two teams well, gets which a boost one's for Clemson, Wake. and one's going to hurt them. I, I'm just thinking of. It's probably Wake. Wake, because Wake's because, 21. Because they won at Wake. Well, yeah, and yes. I think that will help them more. The but it was, a, it so was a tight for NC game. State. It was a tight window game, uh, just like Tennessee, Alabama. So if you want to hurt Clemson, root for NC State. I'm all about hurting Clemson. I think so. Yeah, I think NC State. Wake winning on the road at NC State would be a bigger deal for Clemson than NC State holding serve because Clemson beat them at Clemson. Game number four, back to the Big 12. Number 24, Texas, a a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at Kansas State, 13th in the country. This is one of those you look at. Doesn't quite make sense, right? Texas, two-and-a-half-point favorite at Kansas State. 
Kansas State probably still going with their backup quarterback, Will Howard. But who the hell cares? The guy won 48 nothing a week ago at home <laughs> exactly. over Oklahoma State. Doesn't matter who Chris Kleiman puts in a quarterback, apparently. It's going to work out for Kansas State. Two weeks off, though, for Texas guys should help getting yes. ready for this game. Um, Kansas State with an interesting season so far, really up and down week to week. But for some reason, I like Quinn Ewers and I like Texas in this game on the road. That's exactly why I'm taking them. The spread looks weird. What is it? And they, Texas is favored by two and a half. They have At three Kansas losses. Kansas State, and they're 24th compared to Kansas State 13th. I really like Ewers. But. This is a battle between two of the best running backs in the Big 12 as well. Don't overlook that. I'm taking Texas. Game number three. You know what will uh, hurt Clemson more yeah, than anything this, that happens in NC bad. State or Wake Forest? <laughs> it would be a loss to Notre Dame uh, this week. <laughs> that's what everyone that's undefeated with one loss is truly rooting for on Saturday night. This is a 7.30 Eastern time kickoff on NBC. Paul's guy, Jack Collinsworth, oh. will have the call. <laughs> How? For the Fighting How? Irish on How? That's NBC. That's got to piss you off. You're a wannabe play-by-play <laughs> guy. Yeah, but I'm just a wannabe. Uh, well, I'm saying you, you are hey, more qualified yeah. than Jack Collins. My DNA isn't linked, linked to yeah. uh, Chris. You didn't win the sperm lottery. Guys, this guy's the real deal. <laughs> just like Clemson's defense. Yes. Jack Collinsworth is the broadcasting equivalent of the Clemson defense. They're both great. <laughs> I didn't uh, mean want to be in Clemson's, any kind of insulting yeah, way. You can you know you're, you're excellent. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not Jack you're Collins. You're better than fine. him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't pull off the sneakers with a suit look like Jack Collins. Uh, he hates that. Clemson's look. defense getting two weeks off is a huge deal. Getting ready for this game. Uh, Notre Dame's got to run the ball. To have a chance, they've got to run the ball against a top 10 national run defense. For Clemson, can they do it? I'm not sure. I like Notre Dame's defense also, even though they're bad in the red zone at times. Guys, I think it's a game that's going to come down once again. Can DJ Uungalale for Clemson make plays late in this game on the road? I think it's a very close game. Clemson only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Ball, Notre Dame have a, does Notre Dame have enough on offense? They, they seem like... I don't know. I don't have – I want to have faith. I want to believe. I think, you know, I'm going to turn it on at halftime and things are just going to go south. Our producer, Colin Warner, he believes. Big fan. He's, He's a, a Notre Dame fan. guy. He believes. And he'll understand no offense here. So, Alabama LSU, I'm strong with the tide. We'll get to that. This? This is a three-and-a-half-point spread? Give me the Clemson Tigers all day. With Dabo. Let's go. Cover I'm your ears. This is an obvious bet. Earmuffs I'm looking Tigers for Notre on Dame. the road. Big. I'm looking for Notre Dame in the passing offense rankings. The first batch goes to 50. Nebraska is 50th. Notre Dame's not showing up yet. It's not good. It's not good. they got to run the ball, too, though, against Clemson to have a chance. All right. Game number two. Hutton, you mentioned it. Alabama at LSU. Do the Tigers believe? Do they have that belief? They get their precious night game at home. There it is. In Death Valley. Here it is. 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 Central on ESPN. This is a decent LSU team that has risen in the rankings to 10th because they ripped apart Ole Miss in Florida. Beat Ole Miss at home. Beat Florida on the road. The offense is getting better and better. But do they have enough to beat Alabama? Here's what's key against Alabama. To have success offensively, you got to let it rip. you got to have the ability to beat them deep and throw it down the field. 
How did Tennessee beat them? That way. How did Texas stay with them? They took repeated chances down the field. This is not what LSU's offense does. They are not a quick strike, deep down the field team. They are a deacon dunk team. They are a running quarterback type team. That plays into Alabama's strengths. Hutton, you love the tide in this one. Better quarterback, better running back, better defense. And let's reverse and go to running back. Jameer Gibbs, 6.9 yards per carry. Leads all SEC running backs with at least 45 attempts in that category. He leads the conference in breakaway rate. He has 17 runs of 10 yards or more. He's the difference in this ballgame. Everyone's pointing to the resurgence of LSU, and it's been very good. Alabama is not awful. Alabama is playoff worthy. And how quick we forget we're putting them at the middle of the SEC West instead of treating them at the top. I'm taking the tide to cover. You've been super convincing, and I'm now leaning with you. Just two things about LSU that I think have to happen for them to, to keep it a ball game, make it a ball game. They're very good at creating and converting good third downs. So can they do that against Alabama? And they're ninth in red zone touchdowns if and when they get down there. They have to keep doing that, obviously, instead of kicking field goals. I think if they stay good at those two things, they can make it a game. I'll be watching either way. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, whatever happens. All right, game number one. We've talked about it all week. There's no disguise in this are. one. Number one, Tennessee at number three, Georgia. Oh, by the way, I think how you view Alabama is in part how you view Tennessee. Yes. Because if they're truly the best team in America right now, you don't look as poorly upon a three-point last-second field goal to lose on the road to Tennessee. Here's what's crazy about Tennessee's win last week. They didn't have to go insane on offense. It was actually the second time this season they've not gone over 500 yards against Kentucky. They held them under 500 yards, and Tennessee still won in a ho-hum 44-6 fashion Mm -hmm. in this game. That's how good the Vols have been this year. What do we believe about Georgia? Do we believe they simply went through the motions against Missouri in a game they almost lost? That they went through the motions against Kent State and couldn't really defend Sean Lewis's offense? which is similar to Josh Heupel's offense very well, and they've been building to this moment, and they showed a lot of that a week ago against Florida, and they're just now stockpiling to go back for another national title, and they handle Tennessee easily in this game? Or do we feel like Tennessee's offense simply can't be stopped, even against the best defense they face this year in Georgia, and they'll continue to roll and score points? Guys, the underrated facet of this game is not necessarily Georgia's top defense, against Tennessee's top offense, it's can Tennessee slow down the Georgia running backs and affect Stetson Bennett? Because I think Georgia has a great chance to hold serve and score every possession as well in this game, just like Tennessee does. Let me go first, because I know you'll have more. You know, Georgia only has two of last year's defensive starters back. This defense is really good, but it's not as good as last year's defense. Less disruptive. We know they're not sacking the quarterback. They're 122nd in sacks per drop back. That doesn't mean they're not applying pressure, but they're not finishing it. They're 91 in havoc rate. Tackles for loss, interceptions, passes broken up, forced fumbles divided by overall plays. They rarely blitz. I'm curious to see if they'll change that. Um, And do they put Ringo, their best quarterback, on Hyatt, or do they try to strategize that differently? Doing all of this reading makes me feel less good about Georgia's defense, and I'm obviously way up 
on Tennessee's offense. So, you know, I think Tennessee's going to do better than cover. I think it's a dream season like you were talking about, and I think a dream season means they go through the SEC season, regular season, the, undefeated. The, the dream continues is what you're saying. Tennessee's going to get theirs. I also buy into Kirby Smart getting his. I don't think Kirby Smart gets embarrassed. I absolutely believe Tennessee can win this game. I'm confident in the cover. I think it's a classic because I'm confident in both quarterbacks. I'm confident in both offensive weapons in the passing game. I'm confident in the fact that both teams can run the football. Here's the difference, though. Tennessee, they've completed at least one pass, usually more than one, of at least 45 yards or more in every single game. The other teams among the top six in college football based on the playoff right now. They don't come close. Ohio State has four of those in games with at least one pass of 45 yards or more. You've got Michigan with three. Clemson, Georgia, and Alabama have two apiece. Two games with at least one pass of 45 yards or more. If Hendon Hooker hits the layups deep, he missed on these last year. Go back and watch the game. They schemed guys open and passes were five yards further than the wide receiver who was running wide open. This will be a different game. Hidden Hooker is ready. He's for better the at it. He's better at it. He's already showed us that at home. This is a massive game for them. Big game for Stetson Bennett, too. And I think people have reason to trust him in this game. This is a classic. This comes down to the wire. It can go either way. Tennessee's covering. It's going to be a fun environment, fun game, regardless with some stars on, on both sides. And the thing with Ringo's a good corner, and they've got great talent, young talent, but good talent in the secondary. I just feel like, you know, the people talk about are they going to double height. I'm thinking Cedric Tillman and Brew McCoy are there too. Like, have fun. If you're going right. to try to double someone right. in the secondary, someone else is going to have a big day with Tennessee's offense. I like this idea, by the way, from James on Twitter. You can follow us at Outkick360 and hit us up. He says, you guys should do a recap of Withrow's top games on Monday and reorder them based on the actual the compelling nature of the games. That's a good idea. We can just order our 10. review in that I like fashion. that. I, I can easily do that for Monday. You know what? And we'll buy some things off the money we'll win on the upset picks across the NFL. You just said about the Tennessee-Georgia game, you're confident, confident, confident in this, this, and this. I'm yeah. confident that during this break I'm going to go get a drink. Yes. Right. Sweet. And uh, next we'll tell you who's going to win outright in the NFL this weekend as underdogs. That's next on OutKick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Can't wait for the weekend. Glad you're with us for OutKick 360 Cheers. across the OutKick network. I mean, screw waiting on it, Hutton. It's here. The weekend's arrived. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, the weekend. The weekend. The yeah. weekend. When, it, when toe hits leather, it's the weekend. Can tomorrow. you imagine if we actually had the weekend coming up? at 3 p.m. for an interview after this. Hey, we also have a special surprise. The Christmas lights thing in my neighborhood has been solved. One of the dudes found a reasonably priced guy. And lights are up on my house and ready to go when the regulations permit. Instead of eight grand, it's five grand this year. Ricky and West End? Yeah. No, I didn't even talk to Ricky. You know what? Year. 
let's make some money. Let's pay for Paul's Christmas lights on the house. It is time for my on the, upset on the house, literally. picks of the weekend Crush across it. the NFL. I've got three for you, and I'm starting with Jacksonville over the Raiders. Jaguars over the Raiders. All six of the Jaguars' losses this season have been by one possession, eight points or fewer. Jacksonville, the only team with a losing record but a positive point differential. The Raiders have a league-low nine sacks. Trevor Lawrence, it is time to play well against a bad football team and a bad defense. I'm taking Jacksonville outright. They're at home, and they're the underdog. Seahawks over the Cardinals. Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker III. That's why. And including How are they not favored? Arizona's at home. I, I don't know. That's a bad I, spread right I, there. Yeah. I it, mean, I think you're finding gold. There. Arizona is now better because DeAndre Hopkins is back, but Seattle – at a, even at home, they were a two-and-a-half-point underdog. They beat Arizona 19-9 to in week six, despite going one for five in the red zone. I'm saying they're not going one for five again. I'm taking Seattle on the road in Arizona. I like that one. Falcons over the Chargers. They can climb above 500. Seriously, for the first time since 2017, Atlanta enters Sunday's contest. They allow a league-high 307 passing yards per game. The Chargers are 31st in the NFL in scoring defense, and they're terrible at run defense. Atlanta is excellent at it. Give me the Falcons at home, despite the Chargers coming out. That's a sneaky good game. I love this, Hutton. I parlay Jacksonville, Seattle together because I'm most confident in a separate bet on Atlanta. So I'm set to make a lot of money. All of these are separate for me. When we come back, headlines and. We'll discuss the top games across the NFL. Outkick 360, getting ready for the football weekend across the Outkick Network.